Early in 2015, I sat down with Daisy Campbell and John Higgs to reflect upon the Cosmic Trigger play, Daisy's theatrical adaptation of Robert Anton Wilson's autobiographical novel, and the Find the Others Festival, which exploded people's minds in Liverpool and London in 2014. I suspected that Daisy and John had consciously chosen the date for our chat. However... For this, what do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about... Right now? Yeah. Oh, well, right now, I, I think it would be interesting to reflect on uh, sort of what has happened between the 23rd of February 2013... Oh, my God! And the, 24th, <laughs> and the 23rd of February... Oh, my God! It's the 23rd! It's the 23rd, yeah. What of course was, it bloody is! What yeah. was happening on the 23rd of February? Is there any significance there? Jesus caramba! So we were in Liverpool. We were all on the bus. The bus she hired to drive us all up to Liverpool where we would present a Night of Wilson featuring talks, film clips and an extract from The Cosmic Trigger. At that point, still a work in progress. But of that, more later. On the subject of 23s... The 23 thing is just getting silly. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm doing a talk in Harrogate, uh, which happens to be on the 23rd of April, so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll tweet that. And people... Uh, actually, that girl, Anne was going... Oh, well, you tweet that on the 23rd of February. And I'm just thinking, you can't escape this. It's just, <laughs> it's just crazy. So when um, Robin Ince was going, oh, I never see 23s, you know. I'm, I find that really odd. Yeah. I find that even stranger than being swamped by them. Yeah, yeah, the 23 thing is... Um, I mean, it is always 23 minutes past the hour whenever I check the time, <laughs> except for all the times it isn't. You know, <laughs> but I don't notice that. It's just... <laughs> Um, but a lot of the time it does seem to be, you know, and it's always, yeah. But we were really, we did something pretty much on the 23rd of every month in the whole lead-up. So the Casimir was 23rd of February, was it? Casimir in Liverpool was the 23rd of Feb, but the whole adventure really began on the 23rd of October. Yeah, at the Horse Hospital. At the Horse Hospital with the talks. This was the event hosted by the London Fortean Society at which both she and John were invited to speak and at which an early scene from Cosmic Trigger played before an intimate audience of Wilson enthusiasts. I was there and recorded it, unfortunately on somewhat substandard equipment, but you can leap over to YouTube and search for Horse Hospital Robert Anton Wilson and Up It'll Pop. It was here that people began to notice the first tendrils of synchronicity, which... You'd already started to experience, because mm. you'd obviously put your book out there and discovered, oh my goodness, Yeah, and it, it was, it was, a, it was a real... Because, uh, I mean, with my book, uh, originally just put it out myself on Kindle independently and really didn't do much. I just, just sent a few tweets to say that it existed. This is John's book, The KLF, Chaos, Magic and the Band Who Burned a Million Pounds. No one was interested in any of that stuff. Uh, and no one seemed to be. I had all these Google alerts set up for um, Robert Anton Wilson and, and, and things like that and the KLF and just no one was talking about them anymore. So I thought this book would come out and a few people I know would look at it and go, Jesus Christ, that's nuts. And it would all be quietly forgotten. But it just came out and then just started snowballing and snowballing. And, and um, so by the time I met you, uh, was I'd already it was all already being snapped up by Ryan for the paperback edition, hadn't it? Because I was sorting out the pictures with your mum. That's right. That's right. That's, that's why. Right. That's how how you got to know that I was in the middle of writing the play was because yeah. you were getting pictures of my mum as Eris. Because I think I put it out on the twenty third of November, twenty twelve. Okay. Originally. Of course you did. So. <laughs> 
And uh, and I yeah, and I meanwhile was working away on this cosmic trigger adaptation, thinking, I don't think anyone wants to see a play about yeah. about Anton Wilson. I'm not sure it's a thing anymore yeah. at all. And so that that thing when, you know, meeting you and then getting invited along to the horse hospital, and discovering. I mean, it was only a small room of people, but it was enough to just get that feeling like, yeah, they want this to happen. This is a thing. Yeah, you know? there, was ne- there was never any doubt since the moment that thing came out, or probably when when you started, you know, your 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 play, or everybody came to this from a different perspective. Everyone involved, everyone in the audience, everyone who was talking at the festival, everyone who was performing, you know, they all came for a, a, a different impetus that came along. But it was everyone had this sense that they, you know, they, they had no choice. It was just, <laughs> it was, it wasn't a struggle for anyone. It, it was all natural that they all sort of came yeah. there. And certainly with me, once that book sort of came out, every, you know, I was never a sort of sitting going, "Ooh, I'm not sure what to do now" or anything like that. Yes. It was always an obvious next thing, and it was always a, yeah. and it was always a step up, and then a step up, and then a step up. So, you know, from, from getting the the uh, book out in paperback to. Uh, then starting to do the talks and then, then meeting you and then the play sort of added to it perfectly so then that all became the, the cadmere yeah. sort of thing yeah. and, and then all that stuff with Alan Moore for the um, uh, Kickstarter and, and yeah. funding you know yeah. it's it's almost like when something completely uh, impossible or unlikely happens something that's so much more um, out of the ordinary uh, it's like all the steps to get up to that point seem themselves just odd there's, 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 there's sort of, a sort of pre-wake and everything's arranging itself so that something quite remarkable happens all all the stuff beforehand you just get a sense that oh hang on this is this is an unusual pattern in the ether you know yeah. something slightly different is happening here um uh, yeah i don't know what i'm talking about no no, but... no but it's so true and i think in a way for me that's what that's why the caper is so this I this notion of the caper that you kind of set a date, and you say this kind of pretty impossible thing we don't currently have any money for yeah. is gonna happen yeah. one way or another, and you lot have kind of got to help, and you know and and people do they kind of come together and it's really it's so gratifying because I used to watch my dad do it I you know really my first big memory was the warp with a twenty four hour long play. And this gathering at my dad's place of all these actors who he just sort of ritually abused and told them they were all complete idiots and they, unless they could learn this incredibly difficult speech from ACDC, they could all just fuck off. And, and then, and I was Miss Eris, the trance inducer. I was about 16. I was stationed upstairs. I'd just done an NLP course. And I was stationed upstairs as Miss Eris trance inducer. And I would, all the actors would get sent up with a prescription from my dad saying things like, more confidence, better line learning ability or something. And I sort of take them into this trance and uh, supposedly endow them with these with these skills. And But the, what kind of blew me away was that he was... He just knew this thing will either attract the right people or it won't. Yeah. And they aren't necessarily the one... I don't need to now pander to these guys who happen to have turned up today... I just need to be absolutely clear, this thing's happening, it's completely impossible, but it'll be more fun than you've ever had, you know, in your life before. And the right people come. And then extraordinary things happen. Like, in the script it says, 
he's a hippie who's wearing green cowboy boots with yellow stars on, you know, and the actor turns up and he's wearing green cowboy boots <laughs> with yellow stars on, or, you know, this kind of stuff happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it was happening with Cosmic Trigger and it's that feeling of, like you say, you've got this kind of point in the future that's become a sort of unmovable point mm. in enough people's minds mm. that things, Every, everything has things to rearrange sort of start itself, to have so. to rearrange themselves. Yeah. Uh, no, I like I like that idea of a reverse wake. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, you know what was it? Terence McKenna would talk of a transcendental object at the end of time, right. drawing things <laughs> towards it, which sort of generated synchronicities, sort of teleological synchronicities throughout the present, and lead stuff in that direction. Yeah. And yeah. that is something that I think would be interesting for anybody listening to the words I'm saying right now. Mm. And where is that going to take them in in their journey? Are they are they au fait with the whole world of, uh, of the mysteries or have they heard a weird talk somewhere and googled for someone's name yes mm. and 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 now where are they going with it and what what caper is in the future for them yes yes exactly and that thing of of the, the well we called it find the others quite consciously didn't we the the whole mm. sort of festival that came with it after the quote from leary what do you do after after you've turned on tuned in and dropped out you know find the others and that sense of already you know i get i'm getting like um text message i bumped into an old school friend at a talk i was doing in brighton that i literally hadn't seen since we were both 13 and i got a text the other day saying because of bumping into you at that talk i've just got back from totness meeting the cosmic undertakers and i now know what my calling is um and you know it's just to get text messages like that it's just an absolutely wonderful thing um, Becky Strong's another great example, a woman that, you know, again, I just sort of bumped into very opportunistic. She said, I, I talk just blew the top of my head off. I, I felt like I had to come and say something. <laughs> I said, that's because you're supposed to play Ishtar at, in Liverpool. It's just being so opportunistic because, you know, this is like a part we have to strip at the beginning of the entire play. Yeah, play, opens. play opens with you stripping um step by step as you make your way to the gates of hell and, <laughs> and she was like okay <laughs> she'd never heard of robert anton wilson she'd never heard of cosmic trigger she responded like many people i founded along the way to the to the synchronicities mm -hmm. you know that the, the telling of that tale was about you know this again this sense of something inevitable is happening and there's something so compelling about that i think and um and so for that same reason, Becky came along and she's now completely, you know, she's read she's up gone. on everything. Yeah, she's, she's gone. gone. <laughs> she's fully, you know, she is. She's Ishtar descending into Chapel Perilous, even yeah. as we speak. And then so many stories from people, particularly after the festival in Liverpool, just saying, you've reminded us about this whole forgotten part of ourselves. Like we read Cosmic Trigger, we used to be really into Robert Anton Wilson or the free parties of the 90s or, you know, mm. some some part of that spirit that used to be very much alive in people and had got kind of forgotten in the, you know, and it was this sense of, God, this stuff's really important to me. That's that's almost sort of mythologically Merlin-esque, isn't it? Those kind of sleeping aspects of the psyche that, that you, were, you were following at a different stage in your life. And you, you haven't just abandoned, you've forgotten them. They've mm. submerged. 
Yeah, but they, they have that weight to them that when you remember them, you go, yeah, that is, that's a significant thing compared mm. to all the thousands of other books that you've read that, that don't affect you in any, in any way. What I loved about the festival was that everyone who came to it, as I was saying earlier, came from, from a very different um, beginning, had a different story, but how harmoniously everybody's sort of stories all, all fitted together. It was, uh, it was, it was just, it just had, everyone just added to it and added to it, and then there was, wasn't conflict. You know, people were coming into it with, because of Alan Moore or, um, uh, or from Doctor Who, you know, your man Tom, or all the Ken Campbell people, you know, again, all the care left sort of thing. These are very different stories. All the, all the American um, Discordians tend to be quite libertarian, you know, which is very different to Liverpool, you know, it's utterly, but it just, they just felt so harmonious together. It was weird, wasn't it? Mm. Very odd. Um, yeah. It, it almost felt like, um, what was it they were doing back in the 70s, all of the different disciplines of science all came together and, and founded general systems theory, didn't they? Right. They all had this vision of something greater than individual disciplines. Mm. So it's sort of this uh, a similar kind of bringing together of... Uh, different traditions, yeah. different fan bases, very different worldviews. And it just felt the opposite of what was happening in the rest of the country, politically or with austerity, or every time you turned on the news, you know, it was also oh, so, so heavy and depressing, and it was, it was all so grim. Mm. And every time you had a conversation about the, 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 the festival or Cosmic Trigger or anything like that, it was just a big blast of joy and excitement. <laughs> and whatever you spoke to about it, it was. You know, it was yeah. It made that year for me definitely. Yeah, and I think it's Bob. You know, I think it's all paths lead to Bob. You can't, in a way, anyone who sort of claims they've got the whole answer or is wrapped up in their own sort of ego or you know any of that can't really claim to be a true Bob fan. They, well, if they haven't understood it, if, you know. So that for me was what made it just utterly joyous that when people got in touch to say can I come and help because I'm a huge Bob fan and have been forever you kind of go well you've kind of already passed the test you know (laughs) (laughs) it's just sort of you must be you must have a fairly good sense of humour not take yourself too seriously and be really open minded and that for the most part was was exactly how people came with that spirit Um, so that yeah so for me it's Bob at the core of something like that was just perfect. Mm. You know, it was it's such a such a strong core to have, really. And it's a great reminder of how lucky we we are at the moment with technology, with Kickstarter, with uh, the punk ethos, with the do-it-yourself sort of things. I don't know if you've seen Jodorowsky's June, the documentary about uh, uh, Alando Jodorowsky trying to make June. It's exactly the same story. Uh, in that every time you go, oh, I think we need Mick Jagger or we need Salvador Dali or we need Orson Welles, you'd just go to a party and there they would be. And, yes. uh, and Dali would agree to be in it if he was the best paid you know, yeah. actor in a history. Million, so, a million dollars a day. Yeah, so you thought, well, if you're in just like, you know, 10 minutes, then we can you know, <laughs> do something Brilliant. like that. Or we get Orson Welles if, if I get this chef from this hotel in France and he'll be his caterer, then he'd agree to do it. But, it all, but the film never came off because it hit Hollywood, you know, and this mm. was before Star Wars and they just had no clue and they, it just freaked them out. It was just, mm. just too much. Um, 
we don't have that now. That, that, that sort of brick wall of, of you know the, of the gatekeepers. You know, there was nothing mm. stopping us getting a venue. Nothing stopping us going and kickstarting and getting some. Yeah. And, and Although interesting, together. every time every time we tried to go down that route, like the, the arts council, like, you know, we did try and do it by the book. We did yeah. try and get a commission <laughs> from the theatre. No one wanted it. You know, the arts council application. No, it wasn't happening. And um, you know, and even the, I mean, I know it was a short run, but we didn't even get any kind of reviewers in. Like the, the mm. in a way the sort of the straight theatre world didn't really get it and that was what was for me really joyous and again it was that thing it put me in mind of my what my dad said when he was doing Illuminatus which was we're really doing this for the sci-fi fans not for theatre people at all so it needs to be a form of theatre that makes sense to people who don't really ever go to the theatre basically panto Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, that's the thing that that's the experience of theatre that most people have if they're not into theatre. So make it quite like that, yeah. and everyone will like that, and they'll appreciate the fact that it's got loads of sci-fi in it and all the rest of it. And um, sneak the spirituality in around yeah, the back. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I suppose funding-wise, you did put a magical ward against funding into the play itself. Yeah, I beefed up that scene in the light of um, of not getting the Arts Council funding with my dad go yeah, with my dad doing the whole fun dead. Yeah. Um that always got a round of applause. I think there was every show yeah, that yeah, got yeah. that got around. So here we all are in this derelict cinema in Liverpool. First thing the company had to do was install the toilets. Oh, that's 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 brilliant, Ken. That's great. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, so uh how did you come to be doing a film about it in your cardigan? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I heard about it from a, a friend back in London. Oh, yeah, who? Uh, Brian Gilbert. Oh, that Burke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes? <laughs> well, we just got in contact with the uh, Arts Council and they gave us the go-ahead. You got Arts Council funding? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> He said they are warriors. Yeah. They are warriors, and everyone I spoke to um, during the during the production, they were all working towards a higher purpose. They were all saying, "We want to honour Bob. Mm. You know, we want to get this information out there." There was very very huge amounts of selflessness going on, which meant that they did sort of go and push themselves beyond a lot of the time. Yes, there, there was a sense with everybody that they owed it to their higher selves not to mess up. 
So that was pretty much how we were all working. Yes, yes, that's right. And of course, we had the old "Is it heroic?" you mm. know, mm. sign there backstage, and um, and very much part of the of the telling of the story itself. You know, is it heroic? Yeah, I, it was heroic. I mean, it was, but it was, it was, it was funny. So I, I've described it to someone as it was. It was kind of effortless, but it took every single ounce of effort I had. <laughs> that makes any sense. You know, it's like everyone had to bring their entire kind of, particularly those of us sort of holding the, the real production core of it, uh, with the fundraising and all the rest of it, you know, every bit of will, every bit of kind of, okay, just phone that person, even though it's really difficult to phone someone and ask for money, do it, just do it, keep doing it, keep turning up, keep doing it. And um, and yet, so that was the effort part of it, but it was effortless in as much as an incredible team just sort of coalesced from nowhere. And, and then... There was never any sense of, I don't know if this is the right decision. No. Mm. That, would, that never happened. There was That's no, right. oh, should I go that way, should I go that yeah. way? That was never, yes. never part That's of right. it. That's it, well, right. And that thing of it being, there was a kind of selflessness. I think that's what made it effortless. That everyone was going, what does the magic want? What does the the magic and what does the kind of Bob ethos seem to tell us? And it seems to say, do that next. Okay. You know, um, so that was, that was great. Yeah, that worked. Next time, we'll continue the conversation via Robert Anton Wilson's Right Where You Are Sitting Now exercise. We'll learn about an apophenic duck that advised a rock band, and we'll try to track down some of the others who found themselves drawn into the cosmic trigger caper. You can find Daisy on Twitter at Daisy Eris, John at John Higgs, and me at Nolderton, that's N Alderton without the vowels. Someone said to me, actually, one of the quotes, one of the people coming up afterwards said, it was everything about theatre that I hate. It was interactive. It was, <laughs> it was tacky. There were weird song and dance numbers. And he looked at me and went, and I loved every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really nice.